0: Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee, Dee. I'm Maz Mary
1: and I'm Dana Delval. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it.
0: And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism.
1: And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Hi, I'm excited. We're excited. I can speak for us, right? Yes,
0: we are excited. I'm excited too. (laughs) This is my excited look.
1: (laughs) Because our friend Terry Ellison Bly, my long, long, long time friend, is joining us as soon as she gets her coffee made. Um, So you met in the we met the last day of ninth Ninth grade. grade. Yes, her mom was the guidance counselor, front desk admin. And I was there to get registered to start school at Moorhead High the next year. And Terry came in on a break and we were in the same grade. So we became good friends almost from that moment. Anyway, Terry's joining us in a minute because uh, she wants to follow up. Let me restate that. I want her to follow up on Wednesday's conversation. No, Tuesday's conversation. You know, we've only been doing this for a year and a half. I can't remember what day we do this. Terry's coming on to follow up on Tuesday's conversation because she um, sent me an email after she watched it, or a text. Apparently, I can't use any of my correct words. With some, we got really... a telegram. <laughs> an SOS guy yeah. came through. Uh, she followed up with, I think, something really important. And here she is, so I don't even have to try to vamp while we uh, <laughs> make this work. I'm going to bring oh, okay. her on. Yeah, right now good morning carrie good morning, good morning. Carrie. Good morning. can you, you hear me okay we yes. can all right how you doing i'm doing okay did you get your coffee made there's just
2: there's no way anything
1: good was going to happen if i didn't have my coffee no yes. i didn't you'll notice i didn't write to you and say wait what i just said yeah we'll see you when <laughs> yeah, we see you yeah we
0: both know nodded, knowingly <laughs>
1: So uh, Tara, thanks for joining us. I was just giving a little backstory that you had sent me this really fascinating text kind of as a follow-up to our conversation. And while I'm not at all interested in you uh, feeling like this needs to be your therapy session and you work through your trauma on on our show, Mm -hmm. I am fascinated. A, tell us what you do, and B, then let's move into talking about this sort of difference between dealing with disappointment and things that trigger potential past trauma, because mm-hmm. I have a really important distinction. So first, tell okay. us what you do, because you're a little more qualified to talk about this than say I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm a
2: clinical, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: with a still a massive sinus infection. So I apologize if I <laughs> you know, sound like I'm talking through a pillow. Um, so I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I work for a place, an organization called LE Mental Health, I'm in Mendota Heights. <clears throat> and um, so that's what I do. I work with all sorts of, you know, people dealing with all sorts of issues. Um, but one of the things, of course, that we talk about is trauma and adversity, because that's what brings people to therapy a lot of times. Um, yeah, so how can I, what can I say? What do you want me to talk about in terms of what?
1: I was well, I, I was really fascinated by this EMDR, training mm-hmm. that you went through. So talk about that, because I thought the way you laid out this one detail, one to yeah. 10 scale mm-hmm. was so useful for anybody who ever has one of those moments where you think this feels like I'm kind of out of control. Yeah. Why, why can't I manage this? I love this explanation. So just talk about that. Mm-hmm. If you okay. So <clears throat> One
2: one thing that we a uh, rule of thumb that like you said is really useful is when we have a reaction to a situation in the now in the present that maybe most people would be upset about. So the examples that you gave about me the other day. So when I my pan au chocolat did not turn out, I'd spent you know a couple of days working on it. So it's understandable to be disappointed, right? So most people would be bummed. But let's say I had you know thrown them against the wall and said, you know, I am I suck and I failed because I'm a failure and nothing I make will ever turn out. And I locked myself in the room, in my room, and you guys had to like awkwardly see yourselves out the door. <laughs> so that is not, that's higher than a three or a four on a scale of one to 10. I so the, the scale we use is one is like no, zero or one is no distress. 10 is the most distress you can imagine. So anything above a three or four when that's the way most people would respond. We use as a rule of thumb that, hey, this is, some, this is about something more than just the pastry's not turning out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Could be because you're tired, could be because you had a bad day, could be because you've got some hormone stuff going on. But if you notice it happens consistently, like let's say at my bridal shower, instead of it being about what I was wearing, I'd made cupcakes and they didn't turn out. And I had thrown them at the wall and locked myself in my room and, and ruined the whole evening. And so you start to notice a pattern, like, why is it that whenever I make stuff and it doesn't turn out, I go into this spiral about what a horrible person I am and nothing I do will ever turn out and whatever. So that's the indication, hey, this is about something more than just baked goods. And (laughs) (laughs) I feel about my baked goods. That tells us there's probably some past trauma that we haven't really dealt with, that we dealt with in a way that made it about some big flaw some existential flaw some permanent thing that's wrong with us yeah so so let's say i'm going to extend that analogy a little bit let's say that when i was like 10 and i'd started baking that every time my cookies didn't turn out my dad would yell at me for like wasting a pound of butter or okay it was the 80s so wasting a pound of margarine. (laughs) you know like How, like, I can't believe you wasted your, you know, our ingredients and you know what, you suck at this, you should probably never bake anything. But so now we've got some indication that, hey, maybe it's because when I was a kid and I made stuff and it did turn out, my parents who are supposed to love me and be supportive instead ridiculed me or shamed me or whatever. So now Mm -hmm. I've got this thing that I haven't worked through. And so every time it gets tapped into I have this huge amplified response because I haven't been able to get to that point of learning from my experiences in a way that's healthy. Mm. The pan example, a healthy learning experience is that that you, you can't let the butter soften or it's not gonna turn out. An unhealthy learning experience is I suck as a human mm. wow. and right. should never try to make anything, mm-hmm. right? Because I never and, learned that lesson in a
1: healthy And also probably butter. you shouldn't try to be anything, right? I mean, it can extend far beyond, well, I just don't bake to yeah, yeah. Hear a terrible person just yep. full stop.
2: Right. Yeah. So yeah, the baking analogy was for simplicity's sake. But um, right. yeah. So I right. need if we notice that that there's are certain areas of our lives, social situations or perfection. So this would be like a perfectionist thing, um, where something doesn't go the way you want it to, that you go into this, you know, shame spiral about how horrible you are. Um that's that's an indication that we got to work through this stuff that got stuck in our emotional brain in that, you know, that shame place that where we can't think, we can't learn, we just react and we go into these huge amplified emotional places, we get triggered. I mean, that's what it is. It's, yeah, right. That's what being triggered is. And when we're triggered, it's not a sign that we shouldn't do those things. It's a sign that we've got to go back and do that work around that stuff that we never really processed.
1: Yeah. So um, I want to give you an example, because I I don't, you probably don't know this. Uh, Other people have have heard me talk about this, but I'm curious to know if you think this fits into this. I I think it does. But again, I've only played a psychologist on TV. I'm not a psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to make that differentiation. (laughs) Um, So when Maz was drinking... Mm -hmm. drank in the basement Mm -hmm. and he would say to me if we were going somewhere oh I'm gonna just go down and turn the lights off Mm -hmm. and then he'd be gone for 15 minutes because he was downstairs drinking so after he came home and was sober I don't know he'd been home for six months and he went downstairs to do something quick and was down there for a long time and I went from if 10 is worst I was at an 11." And I lost my mind. Wow. And I mean, totally irrationally, I had six months Whoa. of good behavior, you know, good experiences. But it it was very clear to me that I had some stuff I had to work mm-hmm. through. So um, I, I see you nodding. So I think you agree with me that that's, a, that's an example of what we're talking mm-hmm. about. How in the world when it's really deep, I mean, this stuff was this stuff was deep, but it happened in my adult life. We were able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, how in the world do you start to do this work when it's something that goes way, way mm-hmm. back?
2: Well, and, and that's what I love. I mean, I'm not I'm not here to like advertise EMDR, but it is what I love about EMDR. Um, What's that what stand I for? about the training? Um, eye movement. Um, desensitization and reprocessing.
1: Oh, no wonder that took you a second. Yes. <laughs>
2: yes. They, nobody ever says all the, the words you know yeah. out loud, it's just DMDR. So I forget that that's what it stands for, yes. Um, eye movement, so we, people know it as like the back and forth eye movement thing. It's actually much more comprehensive than that. It's not just, you know, it's talk about your memories and while well, your eyes go back and forth. Um, what I love about it though, and it actually, one thing I wanted to mention is it's it can be really effective um for people with addictions with substance use Mm. disorders and addictions um because we know that a lot of people the the majority of people with substance use issues have a history of trauma Mm
0: -hmm. whether it's
2: big t trauma or little t trauma meaning big t traumas are like you know war rape abuse like the things that we know are severely Mm -hmm. traumatic or whether it's adversity like you know bullying in grade school that's adversity that leaves a mark that causes we know that changes the brain when you're bullied um so a lot of the vast majority of people with addiction substance use disorders have some kind of maybe more than average person adversity in their background and they get triggered and what they don't have is a mechanism for walking themselves back to a place Mm -hmm. of three or a four on an emotionally tolerable scale right so what you the example you were giving is yeah when it's when it's more recent trauma and people have been in a relationship with someone with an addiction when they start to see little signs or they have those little memories those little you know that maybe they notice the person has had a stressful day and they think oh my god and they you know the, mm-hmm. the partner gets all triggered because they're like oh last time this happened you know things went really badly so that's you know you're getting triggered it is because of a trauma and you can work through it again. You can use EMDR therapy or whatever your own internal resources. But if it's that old stuff, then what you do? What what to kind of summarize EMDR in a like elevator speech?
1: Right in the of yeah. Is,
2: <laughs> is it looks at what are the beliefs you have about yourself now that that are negative that keep you stuck? And then it starts to look at what are the earliest memories you have of believing that about yourself. Yeah. So if my, going back to the baking analogy, again, this is just using it for simplicity sake. Yeah. It would be, so when I, if something I bake doesn't turn out and I go into this, I'm a failure. I'm never going to be good at anything. Everything I try just, you know, bombs. Then I look at, okay, what's the earliest memory I have of feeling that way,
0: of mm. thinking that
2: way about myself? Okay, well, I guess first grade. I remember not doing well in a test and coming home and getting screamed at and told I was, you know, never going to graduate or something, you know. And so you start looking at you. So what EMDR does is it sets in motion those memories that allows your adult brain to process them the way your brain knows how to do. Our brains know how to turn things into wisdom. So when things don't get processed becomes baggage. When it gets processed in a healthy way, it becomes wisdom, right? And our brains know how to do this. But they get stuck. Mm-hmm. And so we we go back to that baggage, the origin of that baggage. And it sets our brain in motion of processing it. So that as and it's fascinating to watch as a therapist as I'm doing the EMDR stuff, watching them go through that process of, of digesting that memory, and getting to the place on their own of realizing what it really meant, what that situation really meant and how the person who reacted to them, how it was really on them,
0: mm-hmm. and how they
2: shouldn't have been treated that way, they shouldn't have been talked to like that and they can start to heal that way and and learn and, and then watch it happen in real time, watch them realize kind of, oh, that's what that was about. And oh, that's what that meant. So then they go to the next memory in that sequence and they process that until they get to the now. And like, and then you could have them say, okay, remember that time when your those cupcakes didn't turn out, let's go there. And then you sit with that and you start to process that memory in a way that allows your brain to do what it knows how to do, which is, so the other thing I wanted to mention is in order for that to work, so that, that example you gave the other day of um, my bridal shower and Paul had taken me aside and had kind of talked me off the ledge. What he did is he connected me to something I already knew up here, mm. which was that it it didn't need to be that big of a deal. But in my emotional state, I couldn't access what I knew. What mm-hmm. Paul did was sort of figuratively take me by the hand and walk me over to what I already knew. If I didn't already know that, it wouldn't have worked. I would have sure. just felt invalidated and I would it would have made things worse but i already knew that it didn't have to be that big of a deal yeah so if we have that knowing we just can't get ourselves to feel it that's another sign that we've got this baggage in our past that's keeping us stuck so i might know that um nobody cares what i'm wearing nobody cares what i look like i might know that i might know that like if my Cupcakes don't have the perfectly pillowy tops or whatever, that people aren't going to be like, oh my God, can you believe those cupcakes? (laughs) Right? I can know that, but if I can't feel it, then it doesn't matter what anyone tells me. I have to be able to link what I know to what I'm feeling in order for it to stick.
1: Terri, I feel like you've just um, explained everything. <laughs> explained my whole life <laughs> and I wish you didn't live so far away because I probably need to make an appointment and I'm not really sure you should see your good friend. It probably can't be. Or, yeah. yeah. 35 like years of history kind of rules
2: you out. Yeah. Of as a potential oh my plan.
1: gosh. So interesting. I have to put um, this note up because you'll appreciate who it's from. Oh hey Amy. we went to high school with as well. Speaking
2: of people we've known for over 35 years.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Um you in particular.
2: I've known her um, for over 40 years, believe it or not.
1: Yeah.
0: Um wow. So, so sorry, can we... no 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 go ahead. I'm just going to keep saying wow. I am too. Um so that actually um and I don't begrudge anyone I was at, who any of my counselors when I was in rehab because if they actually sat down and explained it to me I wouldn't care all I cared about the fact that what they were saying to me was making a lot of sense and it's actually what you just explained so I don't know if if it's a counselor's job in a, in a rehabilitation centre to actually give you the academic explanation but I'm glad whatever they told me works because you've just explained it to me <laughs> I was about five years late but it does actually make a lot of sense
2: I like, I'm, I'm a sciencey person, so I need to know why something works. Uh-huh. And um, so I totally dig into the science part of it, of understanding how the brain works. And so speaking of what, the other thing I'll explain then is that those trauma memories get stored in a different part of the brain. They get stored in the part of our brain that's just emotional. It's like that, that lizard brain, that fight yeah. or flight place, fight the place fight. that reacts yeah. and tries to protect us. And that's all it knows how to do, react and protect, react and protect. It just doesn't know how to do it in a very nuanced, sophisticated or logical way. But those memories get stored there. And then wisdom memories get stored in a different place, which means you can access them when you want. And you can reason through them. You can think about them. You can add new information and reflect on it. You can still have emotions and access that place, right? Like We can be sad or upset and still access what we've learned and how can Mm -hmm. I make good use of this moment. But when those memories are stored in that other place of the brain we can't do anything but react we literally can't that's why that growth that you were talking about on tuesday the growth is is moving those memories those emotions those reactions from that place that can't reason that can't think over to the place that can make good use of that experience wow and I really cool. love
1: this distinction between yeah, yeah. baggage and wisdom. Yeah. That you can take something that's baggage and make it wisdom. You're not tuned mm-hmm. to just suffer with baggage your whole life. It, it it doesn't negate the experience, but it it validates it and makes it a, a positive versus a negative. Yeah. And we don't talk about
2: that much. We talk about like if I have baggage or I have triggers, yeah. then, the, then the job is to just avoid those things that trigger me or just not, you know, you just have to deal with my baggage. And that's not true at all.
0: Wow. So i got another question, Terry. I'm sorry to keep bringing up you and baking because this shouldn't be yardstick, But you said that you were at a, this was a three thing, right? And obviously mm-hmm. get, the number gets higher it's a, as you said, it's a, it's a, it's a more, um, emotional and more physical response. What if it's below a two, is there a problem there? Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So the other, so we go into, some of us go more frequently into that fight or flight, that, um, hypo or hyper arousal. Yeah.
0: I can't to, relate to that. So I'm beginning to think yeah. of my lizard brain is a lot bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So if you're somebody who deals with like those triggering situations by freaking out, which I'm definitely on that list, that is one way of dealing with it. That's the nine, 10, eight, nine, 10. But Maz to your point, <clears throat> it's not necessarily that it's a zero, but there's another place you can go, which is hypoarousal, which is freeze shutting down.
0: Mm, oh, okay. Wrong.
2: It's so it's not necessarily, it, it looks like a zero, but you still can't think. You still can't reason. You still can't carry on a conversation. You're still not able to learn from the experience. You're just shut down. And so back to the substance use thing, we, all of us, most of us, I should say, have used alcohol or drugs to get us down from that place of like, ah, I'm way up here. I've had a bad day at work. I'm gonna come home and have a drink to get myself here. But what that can do is it can actually just take you from being up here to just, to freeze, to like shutting down.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you're not actually getting to that place of, you know, your wise mind. You're not actually getting to a place of being grounded. If you're just going from, you know, agitated to stoned, you're just going from hyper arousal to hypo arousal.
1: Tara, can you think of it? This is the mathiest thing I'm ever going to say in my whole life, which is ironic since I'm talking to you, my most mathy friend. If it's a scale and zero is just, pH balanced mm-hmm. and 10 is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Is there, I mean, can you be a negative 10? Is that what like, like I, I suppose if you talk? I'm feeling like you were about a negative six all the time. Mm-hmm. He was never angry, hysterical, irrational. He was just Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: So I you think you could. You good. could you could put it that way. Yeah. You could put it in a negative. Um, it just means you're shut down.
1: me, why was that? Schumacher would be so proud of me; she'd be shocked. <laughs> I'm a little no,
2: But now, can you graph that, Danny?
1: No, I cannot.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nope, I sure cannot. Solve
0: for x.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, solve for x.
1: <laughs> yep. Nope. Nope. Now I, I. Now I'm going to a 12 <laughs> <No>.
0: quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that's, triggering, and well, I don't mean, I don't mean because that that's that makes a lot of sense. Because I, I one of the first people I met in in uh, rehab kept he was proud of the fact that he wanted to be comfortably numb, and I said, "Dude," and I even said this as a knee-jerk reaction: "You can't just quote Pink Floyd at me. This isn't helping." But what you just said makes perfect sense. You want to numb yourself because you don't want to deal with it.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, can't- you
2: can't you can't reason in either state i've got this drawing that i've been working on but i don't know if it makes sense to try to show it on the screen well maybe i'll try yeah i'll try to illustrate what i'm talking about if that's all right not to yeah. make everyone dizzy who might be watching can you see this we this can't my, wow it's artwork i've been working on wow. so so this is what i've been talking but this is a window of tolerance so this is when you can think yep and you can reason so you're having emotions but that what i wrote here is you can deal with the stress of life i got this this is your hyper arousal okay so this is like i've got a little volcano here trees on fire tornado so this is like your fight or flight and so you're or just way warming. up and you're like or global warming <clears throat> this is your hypo arousal this is freeze shut down deer in the headlights you can't you your turtle shell a lot of people just kind of go turtle shell Right. In either of these states, you can't do anything except protect yourself.
0: Uh, yeah. All right.
2: And you you can't think through, you can't you can't have a conversation, you can't reason, you can't be reasoned with. So if yeah. you're dealing with somebody in one of these two places, you, you can't have a good conversation. You're not going to be able to resolve anything as long as they're in one of these two places. You've got to be in this space in order to move forward in any kind of productive way so if that helps to illustrate what I was talking um, about. it's
1: amazing yeah. and also I resent just the tiniest bit that you also apparently can draw. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. The math, the science and the art if you, I'm whatever. Good for you, Karen. Good for you. <laughs> I would
2: not call that a work of art, but um, I just wanted to I was bored yeah. during my EMD art. I'm not good with zoomed learning. <laughs> and so I was trying to turn what they were talking about
1: into a picture. Yeah, As I was trying to pay attention. well, it's it's really, really clear and I think um, helpful for people who are not driven by facts and statistics and those kinds of things just to think about, all right, if, if I'm the middle, if I can be in the middle, even if it's tipping up or down, but still in that middle, then I can get to a place where I can talk myself down. Someone else can help talk me down or yeah. up or whatever direction you need to be thinking about.
2: Well, and I think it can also be for somebody, the other thing I learned when it comes to substance use and addiction is if the problem is that the person does not know how to get themselves to that tolerable level of emotion, then just getting sober doesn't work. And it doesn't work because they don't know, like they still need a way. They still need to understand why they keep going outside of that tolerable window of emotion and they still need the skills to get themselves into it without using the substances
1: right when and we've talked about that a lot that alcohol is the problem at our house but everybody's got this stuff to deal with just putting alcohol down doesn't fix the stuff fixes the addiction
0: any idiot can be sober all you got to do is stop drinking it's staying sober that's the hard bit
2: yeah and it's learning those tools like it's a coping skill and and to just view it as pathological isn't helpful it's a coping skill it's something they learn to cope and if you take that away you they still need something to cope we all need something to cope when our emotions get to that intolerable level I have to add this
1: um, note from, from Heidi. I'm the least mathiest and least artistic person. Well, thanks for that ego. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Ermsy. Totally with you. Um, <laughs> this has been unbelievably illuminating, has, super helpful. No, I'm, I'm good. Glad. Glad, um, without your permission, I just chose to tell a story about you that spans decades because it got you on the show and was Incredibly, yeah, incredibly. Terry, useful. That, was,
0: that was fantastic. Oh, Thank good.
1: You. Well, I'm glad I could be of use. It's like you know what you're doing, dear. I well, did have a moment. A student
2: loans should go for something,
1: right? I, I, like 12 minutes ago, I looked at you and I thought, this is my nerdy high school friend. And think how unbelievably smart and savvy she is. Well, and what nerdy like, people are, they... time. time <laughs> yeah. started, Thank you, Mass. Yeah. Time got kind of. <laughs> wavy for me i i don't know i had a i had a very weird existential moment of is it 1991 or 2022 and who is this person who i've known all this time not that i've ever questioned your intelligence but this was this was highly illuminating for me personally on many
0: levels oh this was just this was fantastic it was fantastic for everything fantastic for me for you it's just what this little podcast of ours is all about so absolutely awesome all right. all right. You have about
2: ninety
1: seconds to get to
0: your oh, client. Oh, now you've got work today. So, so that's
2: all right. They're used to me being a couple minutes late. I've yet wow. to really work through the timeliness issue that
1: I. We'll <laughs> <laughs> really address day, so. that next time you're on air.
2: Yeah. Next time we'll talk about that.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Thank well, you for thank joining. You,
0: thank you. Thank Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. it. Oh, you, worse, you are a good right.
1: baker. So even a pan a cotta is an excellent a lot from Terry Ellison's kitchen. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you. Um, you Oh, I just hit the leave button,
1: right? And we're good. You are, hold on. on. (laughs) Time got, for me too. Are you 15 and sitting on Dana's bed or are you this? Yes, from my mother. Yeah, wait, that's what I'm going to say about it. Hi, Bonnie. Everybody, take care. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Tara. Bye. Yep. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at d-a-y-n-a at dot d-e-l-v-a-l.com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.